You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to heart-to-heart chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Hey friends, welcome to Walk It Out, and today we're going to be talking about making memories, and I'm going to share um, a little story before I introduce my guest. So thinking back about memories, I thought about a special time during Christmas. I think I was about in about 12 years old in about sixth grade, and I remember we always went over to my grandma's for Christmas. We sat around the tree and opened gifts, and then we would go back, and I was um, lived with my mom and my stepdad and my brother. And I remember that one Christmas, that afternoon, we sat around the kitchen table. And one of the things that I got was a tape player. And as I sat there, we all, my, my mom and stepdad and my brother and myself, we recorded stories. We made up stories. We made up voices. And this little red <laughs> cassette player, one of the things that's so meaningful to me is that We weren't a memory-making family. My dad was very distant, and we didn't do a lot together, so that one memory stands out. So really, as a mom, I love making memories, and I'm going to be talking to a mom today who also just loves making memories and has guided us in this wonderful book on how we can do that with our own family. So the book that I'll be talking about is Memory Making Mom, and the author's Jessica Smart. And let me tell you a little bit about Jessica. Jessica is a former English teacher turned homeschooling mama, and she lives in North Carolina where she hikes with her kids. She loves steaming coffee in the afternoon. Amen there. Family <laughs> bike rides and anything that's ever been done to a potato. I think that is the most amazing intro ever right there or bio right there. Yeah. Yay for potatoes. So welcome, Jessica. Thank you. It's an honor to be here, Trisha. I, you're really one of the um, – I, I think you're one of my – living heroes. And I just appreciate so much all that you do, you know, in, in several arenas, I feel like I look up to you. I mean, there's the, you know, 17,000 kids that you've had in and out of your house (laughs) (laughs) and just the way that you somehow have written also 70,000 books at the same time. (laughs) Um, but I just look up to you professionally and mostly um, for what you do in your ministry at home. So it's really an honor to be here and talk with you. Oh, thank you so much. I, I love that. I love that we're able to connect with friends online and now we could connect and I get to hear your voice and we get to chat about your book, which I'm so excited about. And I just love the topic of memory making mom. But before we get there, I would just love for you to tell my listeners just a little bit more about yourself. Sure. So yeah, as you mentioned, I homeschool my three kids. Um, my husband and I, my husband Todd and I live in North Carolina. We met in uh, college when we were at a uh, college in Pennsylvania through a ministry called Young Life. We were both um, leaders and we um, got married five years after that and have, let's see, 10, eight and four year old kids. And um 
Yeah. So other than kids and writing a book, I can't do much more. I'm pretty boring other than that. <laughs> so, <laughs> and eating potatoes. <laughs> and even it, that's a lot right there. I mean, and it seems, it's so funny because, um, you know, we, we talk about like people ask me to like, what are your hobbies? And I'm like, children. I told you. I, I homeschooled them. <laughs> we, I write. That's I, it. There's like, I don't, you know, I don't do all these other things. There's, there's too much just with the kids. They're all consuming. I used to run, I tried to go to one of those, you know, boot camp morning things. And it just was like, my body just doesn't have any extra energy for this right now or something. But some people can do it, but yeah, it's pretty much just kids and, and writing the book. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I have to know what made you decide, like, this is the book that you wanted to write and that you wanted to pour, you know, a couple of years of your life into, because a lot of people don't know when it comes to writing books. I mean, yeah. it is years of our lives if we're going through it, writing, editing, then when it comes out. So why did you think like, this is the one that I want to write? Well, um, it's a really interesting story. It's kind of two parallel stories. Um, on, on one hand, um, I worked with, I'm working with an agent and, um, we just would have phone calls. He, he agreed that, you know, he, he liked me, he wanted to represent me, but, you know, we would just kind of talk and kind of come up with that. He was very good about helping me kind of narrow in on what he felt like was a big idea as he would call it. And I had so many ideas. I mean, all these books, like hilarious topics, you know, my, my toddler ate my lipstick and I mean, just like, <laughs> just horrible. I'm so grateful for him because I would have written 20 25 books beforehand that would have been horrible, but we would just talk. And one thing he reminded me of was, you know, I knew I wanted to talk about motherhood because that's where I live. And he just kept kind of pointing me back to, we want to hear a positive. We want to, we want to focus on positive. There's so much that is negative, you know, as far as it is hard being a mom and the culture that we're raising kids in is just very, very challenging. Um, but, you know, how can we be positive? And so while we were having these conversations, um, we had a, uh, one of my kids had a really serious medical scare. Um, and so I found myself sitting in the hospital and just kind of reevaluating life, you know, like some of those moments can, can make you do. And, um, I just kind of had myself feeling a lot of regret about, you know, are we really, you know, doing things that matter and making memories and spending time intentionally. And, you know, at the, somehow at the core of it, I kept landing on this traditions idea, like not exactly that day in the hospital, but I kept coming back to that. My sister is just the best example of their, their house is just always something, you know, it's always a holiday. There's always something to celebrate and she's very intentional. And I just always felt like, well, that's just not my thing. I'm, I haven't, I felt like the ship had sailed, even though my kids were still really young. It's funny how we can write those stories for ourselves. <laughs> you know, I was like, well, it's too late to do that. But um, I just, it sort of clicked one day, like, why can't we? Why can't we be one of those families? And I've realized that it looks different for every family, but I, you know, I actually Googled this book like five years ago. I Googled book about making memories with your kids. And I just couldn't quite find, or traditions, maybe building traditions with your kids. And I didn't find what I was looking for. So I have sort of written it. And, you know, you once you see it in print, there's 10,000 things that you're like, oh, I should have mentioned that and that and that and that. But, you know, it's a good start. It's a it's a great way for people who are either way long in the journey or beginning the journey or have lots of traditions or have no traditions to kind of like just get that under your belt. Because I have just found it to be 
the most intentional thing that you can do with your family is developing values that you love and then putting some wheels to it by giving it traditions in your home, you know, and you can cater it to whatever your interests are. So I'm kind of blabbering here, but that's the the long answer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that so much. And I love that, um, you know, anytime we can start like it, it did. And I mentioned at the beginning of the show um, that I really didn't grow up in a family that had like just like my mom, my stepdad, my brother, we didn't have a ton of traditions, but then I also have my grandparents. So Christmas at their house was a tradition or Sunday dinner was a tradition. Yeah. So I kind of saw that with my grandparents, but I, I love how like when you decide to do it, then it can become a tradition and it can start today. You know, it doesn't have to be like, you know, my kids are in high school or it's too late. I mean, anytime you start a tradition. Yeah. Well, I don't know which copy of the book you have, but before it went to press the last time I said, I talked to the editor and I said, we want to, ch- I want to change the back. And on the back, the big words that you see are, it's never too late to be a memory making mom. Cause I just kept landing on that. You know, it is hard. And I feel like we all have these reasons of like, well, we just don't have enough money or there's stress in the home or, you know, relational or kid with issues or there's always every family and we have them, you know, has like some reason that you're like, well, we just, you know, we don't do that, but it's never too late and everyone can. I really believe that, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, my husband and I years ago, like our oldest is 29. So like we've been doing this parenting thing for a long time. Our youngest is eight. So we're still going to be doing it for a long time. Yeah, you're a rock star. (laughs) (laughs) But years ago, like we were so busy and just like doing life and running to kids, all these activities. And we realized like, what do we want to be remembered for? Like we stopped and actually had this conversation, like what things we want to look back. And one of the things that you talk about was one of the things we landed on and it was family meals. Like we Mm -hmm. want them to have that time around the table where it's a memory. And so now even years later, like one of my daughters lives across the world, so she's not around too much, but our two sons who are adults who live in town, they're still over our house at least one night a week. And we have family meals and all our kids. So I would just love to hear, because it doesn't, like, everyone has to eat every day. So it's Mm -hmm. not like you have to make up these completely different new traditions. You're so right. And I think part one is just realizing you already have more traditions than you realize, Mm. but just keeping it up and realizing this is life-giving to your family. So I always say, like, just ask your kids, what do you love that we do together? What makes our family unique? What, you know, what are, what are our hobbies or, and it might be really interesting what they say. In fact, I guarantee it will probably be interesting (laughs) what they say. So you're right. Like meals, that's not any big, we're already eating, but just, and so I kind of ramped the meal situation up because I'm not like super gifted in the kitchen. I, it's more of a chore just between you and me. (laughs) But, um, you know, I realized like they love it. They love when I make something special and kind of go all out. So we do like one special family night dinner a week and where I'll like put out a tablecloth nine times out of 10, put out a tablecloth and, you know, maybe do candles if it's kind of in the winter and like make something that's kind of like actually a little bit yummy, like not do like the normal (laughs) turkey burgers that everybody's (laughs) bored with. (laughs) And I'll make a dessert, which I don't usually do, but just kind of like stepping it up a little bit. And, um, just even that it, 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 it's amazing. It is, I can't even put into words. They'll walk into the kitchen and be like, tonight's family dinner, you know, and these are like boys that are like, you know, approaching teenage years, like they shouldn't care, (laughs) but it means something to them. Yeah. And I love that because so for us, it's so funny because 
ever since we adopted, I guess our last set of four, um, they were all teen or preteens or teenagers. And I always used like real dishes, but they would break so many dishes. Oh, that's And funny. so then we would move to paper plates. So when we actually have like glass plates on the table or ceramic plates. Everyone's like, what's happening? It's super special. <laughs> that's hilarious. Know, I'm like, even though we're having dinner, we still do paper plates because they just would break yeah. everything. Like they were not gentle. I have reincorporated paper plates into our lives. And my husband and I the other day were like, why haven't we been doing this more? And I know like, yes, the environment and I try to be sparse, but it really can be amazing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, paper plates are, I mean, you know, I mean, you're still having the family meal. I don't think years from now they're going to say, oh, my mom, we gathered around the table, but there was paper plates. Like, right, exactly. That won't even be part of it. Like that won't even be part of their memory. Right. So one, another thing that I loved about the book is that you kind of put different things that happened through the year. Um, and so I think that's so cool because, you know, sometimes like right now we're in a part of the year where it's not really spring yet. Yeah. And it's sometimes we might have a warmer day, but it's like you can kind of get stuck in, okay, what should we be doing now? And so really, I love how like you're giving ideas throughout the year of different things you can do. And so Right, like for March and April, you had Easter cards for neighbors, which we have plenty of time now to start working on that. Yes. Easter's later. Um, but I just, I thought that, what a great idea. Like, I wouldn't have thought of that on my own. But I know, like, if we went to the store, got craft stuff, I sat my kids down, like, they would have the funnest time. Yeah. So I just love how, like, throughout the year. So tell us a little bit just about that and how you've incorporated it into your family. Yeah. And I mean, I think the first step for moms is just kind of <laughs> realizing it's going to cost you something. It's going to be annoying to round up the supplies. There's going to be a ton of glitter on the floor. You're going to be, somebody's <laughs> going to leave the glue, litter, you know, blah, blah, blah. But like just realizing, okay, this is important. It's important on a number of levels. We're going to, I'm going to buck up and do this because it matters something. And that's honestly like achieves a lot because otherwise I feel like I kind of feel, get, will get like frustrated or, you know, we, we just, um, had Valentine's Day as you and I are after you and I are recording this. Um, we had, we, and we spent the week making Valentine's cards and, I mean, it's every kind of mess. It, it really is, but we made them for everyone that we loved and, um, it was like a whole week affair for sure, like getting them all the stuff out and all that. But um, it really is important. Like it knocks off a lot of things. You're spending quality time together. You're showing service. Um, you know, we, when we made those Easter cards, we wrote, um, I think I shaped it and I'm totally not crafty, but I shaped it like a Easter egg, the construction paper, basically an oval. All I did was cut an oval. <laughs> And, um, but we wrote on it, Jesus said, um, I'm the resurrection and the life. And, you know, it's amazing how like you can get away with, with kids, um, <laughs> cute kids with a pastel Easter card with that verse. Whereas, you know, these were some neighbors that I really hadn't honestly like approached the t subject of the gospel with. Um, but I love that. And so I want to try that, do that again. Um, and just regularly do it because I think it shows your, your – I was talking to a friend recently who said her mom just made every holiday magical. And at first I felt this sinking stomach feeling because I'm like, I don't know that my kids are going to say that. <laughs> but, um, but it was also inspiring to just think like – you know, just put a little bit of extra effort in around those seasons and um, the, the kids will remember that, you know. So um, 
the kind of a rambly answer, but I feel like every time, every part of the year, and I do lay out some ideas in, in the book, there's always something you can do with your kids and cater it to their ages. And, you know, you can probably speak to this better than I can, Tricia, but I bet some of these ideas you would think maybe kids, older kids may not love, they might even enjoy that you wouldn't have thought that they would have enjoyed. Would you say that'd be true? Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes like I'll get like crafty stuff for the little kids and it's the teenagers are like, can I make that too? Or yeah. can I have a one of those color sheets? Or, yeah. you know, I mean, they want to be a part. And I think, you know, there's definitely with teenagers, they want like, oh, I'm too cool for school or I'm too yes. cool for that. But, you know, and that happens sometimes. But then there's still that part of them that just wants to sit down with the mom and or dad and do a puzzle or yes. you know color a sheet and, and they want that one-on-one -on -one time which is another thing you talk about is taking time to have those relationships and that one-on-one -on -one time with kids yeah is that I, I would love to hear your your thoughts on that honestly Trish because I feel like <laughs> if y'all can do it anybody can do it with all those millions of kids it's been that's honestly been one of the hardest areas for me um you know, because it feels like an extra, like we're already so busy. And so to take just one kid and one parent, but it's just so touching how much they treasure that. Like they will talk about these times for years, you know, even if it's something so simple, like we went and did the little craft at Home Depot and then we went and got pancakes at McDonald's. Like <laughs> they, they will remember that and talk about it. So, um, we really, my husband and I are really trying to do it and just get in a rotation of taking one kid out just with one of us usually it's it's dad because he's like the bigger hit you know because he's not here <laughs> yeah but is that something that y'all have done and how do, do you have tips for how to do that with a big family yeah we have we do dates and so we and then we have to keep track because then be like you haven't dated me in two months <laughs> or whatever I mean everyone but you know it is it like we go out for lunch and like one of my teen daughters wants to do like lunch in the library like just me, me oh. and her and, and we should like want to spend like 30 minutes just like walking around and looking at books or um one of the little kids will, will do like a smoothie mm -hmm. and even it doesn't even have to be like super fancy like even if I'm doing errands mm -hmm. um I might say like say my husband's home like hey it's just you know I'll pick one kid to go with me and then we'll stop by and get a cheeseburger or something like it doesn't yes, have to exactly. be huge you're exactly right I remember times with my mom just going to like doctor's visits which was so lame but it you know I had four in my family and so it was rare to have just that one-on-one -on -one time but again like I said it's just a matter of like opening your eyes to that these things probably mean more to your kids than you realize and so just trying to like capitalize off the time and not be on your phone or you know just like to just tune in and try to be engaged with them when you have a little snippet of time. Yeah, absolutely. Or even, you know, sometimes we'll break up and do stuff with like the three younger kids or mm -hmm. the three older kids that are at home and, you know, play a special board game or watch a special movie. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, any of those things, it just matters to them that we're thinking of them and mm -hmm. we want to spend time with them. Um, but I think another thing too is just when you could tell something's going on, just saying, hey, do you want to talk? I could tell, you know, something's bothering you. Yes. And then I'll just, you know, pull a kid off to the side. I think that is like, oh, wow, they noticed me. Like mom well, noticed that something was going on. Exactly. And that chapter that you're referring to, I think it's like chapter nine or 10 or something in the book. Because I, I guess as I started thinking about, you know, you have the obvious traditions. There's like the holidays and birthdays and food. But then I just started like it, it became really evident to me that we can't just be like running a machine like the family, you know, we have mm -hmm. to really be attentive to the actual people living there and their needs. And so that one-on-one -on -one thing, 
is more important than I think we give it credit for because, you know, kids don't want to feel like a number and they're just drug along to this next little adventure and whatever, you know, they want to know that they matter. And so, like you said, just spending time at the end of the day and which is the worst part of the day for me, but just, you know, realizing like, okay, I'm going to discipline myself for 10 minutes to just like listen to you and really tune in and see what's going on with you. Um, But that's the value of traditions. Like it, it, There's the memory making piece, but I think traditions are just so powerful because that's telling you how to do it. So if you're saying like, all right, we're going to make it a ritual that every night I'm going to tuck you in, I'm going to scratch your back, and I'm going to ask like two questions. What is the high of your low? What's the day of your low? No, I said that wrong. The high of your day and the low of your day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, like telling yourself how frequently you're going to do it just kind of gives it an anchor in your life, whether it's a daily or a weekly or a monthly. So that's kind of where the whole concept takes wheels, I think, like choosing how are we going to implement these values, you know, whether it's like, all right, every family vacation, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And it, you know, it's not like it's your master, but it's just a way to assure that the things that you care about happen and that life doesn't just roll on and on monotonously, which it can do sometimes. So Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, if you're worried about like being able to keep a tradition, just tell your kids you're going to start a tradition. Oh, for they sure. they will bug you and exactly. remind you and, hey, we're supposed to do this. And so anytime that I like want to start a new thing or a new habit, I'll just tell them like we're starting this and then they will bug me to death and make sure that we do it. Yes, that's so funny. Yep, for sure. <laughs> and then I think sometimes it comes out of necessity. Like um, so th- our three younger kids who are 8, 8, and 11, they all share the same bedroom. Because, you know, we have a ton of kids, mm-hmm. <laughs> not enough rooms for everyone. Yeah. And so out of necessity, we would, um, you know, trying to get them to sleep at night, I would turn off the lights and I would read to them on my cell phone. And so, um, you know, so they're all in the same room. The lights are low. My voice is kind of dragging on. Yeah. And then, you know, pretty soon after 15, 20 minutes, they're all sleeping. And it was just such an easy way to get them to sleep. Well, now it's not just about getting to sleep because they're usually awake when I'm done reading, but it's about the reading, about the stories, about, you know, we've read the Little House on the Prairie series. And I mean, all these wonderful Beverly Clearly series together because that became a tradition, which it started as a kind of necessity to get them to go to sleep, mm-hmm. um, became like, oh, what book are we going to do now when, you know, after we finish a book? I love that so much. And, you know, do you read in the middle of the school day and then also in the evening as well? Sometimes I feel like we're, I'm almost read out in, in the house, but I, <laughs> I, I've been trying to find more like easier, funner ones, funner, more fun at the, for the evening. Um, and do like the more scholarly, I guess, chapter books in the middle of the day. But because I love that too. And they did reading at night, but I guess I just need to get some more in my list. <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah, I read, we do sunlight. So we do a lot of reading. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a curriculum for those who yes. are homeschoolers. Yeah. But so I probably read for, you know, two hours during the day to them. Um, even like my teenagers, they just love it. But at night we'll read like, so right now we're reading the, the mouse and the motorcycle. Yes. Um, and so, you know, those are shorter. I mean, the chapters really take 10 minutes. They're not yes. very, very long at all, but they're fun. And it's so funny because I pulled it up because we were trying to decide about books. And I mentioned that one and, and my daughter who's eight, she's like, oh, we read that a long, long time ago. And I was started thinking about it. She's probably three the last time I read it. Oh my and I goodness. couldn't believe. And I don't think she could probably tell you this, like what happens in the story all the way. 
but at least she was able to like remember that we had read the book. And so I think that was really cool. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, Jessica. So we've talked about like things that we can do to build memories, but I know one of the chapters you talk about things that we don't do. And that is, well, I guess we're still doing something, but Mm -hmm. resting and how to make rest a tradition and kind of a gift to us. So let's talk yeah, a little bit about that's that. That's actually my favorite chapter in the book. And the irony, do you have favorite chapters after you write a book? <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, the irony is I wrote it last year, this time of year. And um, the idea was to cover Sundays and sickness and vacations. Well, we took our kids to Disney. I mentioned this a little bit in the chapter and got basically the flu from you know where, like the worst version. It was so horrible. I thought, I, I a couple times I really did think like, this is it. This life has been great and this is the end. <laughs> because it was, I had like bronchitis and asthma and t- several infections and then a stomach bug for some reason at the end of it. And it was like this month of like, couldn't do anything. Mm. And we were so wiped out. Several ER trips and blah, blah, blah. And the irony is I'm supposed to be writing this book on rest you know, I mean, this chapter on rest. And I knew at the time, you know, okay, God, I see what you're doing here. And that's funny. And I get the point, but can we please like get this sickness over? But I learned so much in that time. Um, and I guess just was reminded, there's a real old book. Have you ever read any Edith Schaefer? She was married to Francis Schaefer and she wrote, Okay, you have. So it's, I mean, the books look so ancient and like you would never pick them up because they don't look interesting at all. But she talks about sickness traditions and there's like a whole section about how we love our family members when they're sick. And I realized that we've kind of like lost that idea of, um, what's the word? Convalescence, convalescence, where you Mm. are resting that rest period because we are just really like, we just want to get back on the train and finish, um, you know, get back to life. We see sickness as like an inconvenience um, and not just let everyone heal slowly. And I think we see even our kids like, oh, you know, we're sick and now we can't do blah, blah, blah. Um, But it kind of reframed my thinking that we can have traditions about sickness and how we care for our families and that Mm. that's actually really precious. And I remember being little and my mom you know, whether it was like the special meals she would make or she would, you know, the way she would tuck in my covers or tell a story when I was sick or like hold back my hair, TMI, but like hold back my hair, you know, when you're like holding in front of the toilet. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but you remember that. And it's when a human being is really vulnerable and sick, that's when you can minister to them really powerfully. So I just, you know, that's a powerful thing to kind of, um, just remind moms that those times matter. So that was the first part of rest traditions. And then we do talk a lot about Sundays in there and, you know, that can be fun, like Sunday meals. And, um, you know, I do talk about social media and taking a break of, of the internet, um, on Sundays. And that's something that has just been really impactful for me because I feel like you can't actually rest if you're, scrolling, scrolling and answering emails and all that. So I kind of talk about maybe incorporating those traditions and then vacation too, which is so fun to think about vacation traditions. But I don't know if you have anything (laughs) you wanted to add. I've been talking. No, I think that's really good because I think, you know, you mentioned like just actually taking time for convalescence and my daughter, she lives in the Czech Republic. She's a missionary there and um, they like when they're sick, they go to bed. So I think like in the U S we kind of like take, 
cold medicine or we just kind of keep going and we're grumpy and we don't feel good. And then it takes forever to get better because we just keep going. And even at their work, like if they're, if you're there and you have a cold, they're upset. Like, why aren't you home? You need to be resting and no one thinks anything of it. If they get a cold, that's so interesting. It's totally. Yeah. And so it's, it's such a healthier, I think, place to be. So I've actually learned that from her. And I, we just went, flew and visited her and my grand new, brand new grandbaby um, like a month ago. And I got sick on the way home. I caught something like yeah. travel is horrible. You always catch something. But I was so sick. I had a fever. And instead of like medicating yeah. myself, I like went to bed and yeah. I like slept Aww. and I let the fever and it took five days. Um, and my family was eating like hot dogs <laughs> and macaroni and cheese, but you know, I was able to kind of get better. And it's just like the difference between actually letting your body heal itself instead of just keeping going and, and medicating yourself as you really don't get fully well. No, when you're just I love going. that so much. I mean, I just, I feel like our society is just not conducive to that in a lot of ways, because like you said, if we had a cold, people would be like, well, you still need to do this project or, you know, come to this thing or whatever. But I, I love that. I hope that we can kind of reframe people's thinking. You and I will, we'll, we'll t- <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Go to bed and take a nap. And then even like traditions, like you mentioned, like, you know, because we homeschool, if some of us are sick, I'll say, yeah. okay, it's a Netflix day. And so we'll find documentaries. We're all laying on the couch. We're making cocoa yes. and eating popcorn. And it's like, okay, we're taking it easy. Like this is a different kind of thing. And I'm sure years from now, you know, maybe when our, our kids are having kids, they'll be like, oh, we're sick. Yeah. Let's, I don't know. They might not have Netflix. Right. They might have something <laughs> else by then. But, you know, just realizing that those can be traditions. And I love how you said, like, those are tender moments when you have someone caring for you. Um, and I'm kind of the worst, worst when it comes to nursing. I'm like, yeah. go lay down. You know, here's, the, but it is, this, it reminds me, I'm, I'm going to think of it next time when my kid's sick to like, to go read yeah. a story or do something with them, my, not just, you know, send them back my, to bed. My uh, seven-year-old sort of was just, you know, was dealing with the cold um, last week. And you could just tell he was grumpy when we were doing school and had just had enough. And so I thought, you know what? This is why we homeschool. Like, let's just redo the day. And so I took him upstairs, tucked him in in his little bed, put the little diffuser on. I brought up a cup of tea. And I am actually like you. I'm not really like the most nurturing of personalities. (laughs) So this was a really big moment (laughs) for me. But, you know, tucked him in. I brought him up some books. You would not believe after an hour. And he just kind of sat up there and rested. And it was like it was a visible change over him. Like, I honestly promise Mm. you, he got better in that time from just like a little bit of TLC. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, we should. And some personalities I think need it more than others. So it's just kind of knowing your kids and, but, but yeah, we just, I guess I'm just hoping that we think of those things more. And I think maybe it is something they'll remember. (laughs) Absolutely. So overall, Jessica, I mean, there's, we've, you know, we've talked about different ways we can make memories and how to incorporate that in our lives. But maybe there's a mom out there that's saying like, okay, I want to start this, but I don't yeah. know where to start. Do you have, you know, as we close, do you have like just something you can just get her to, yeah. to grasp onto? Um, I think what I would say to do is to pick three things that really matter to you. Like 
if nothing else, I want to pass this on to my family. And so maybe it would be, that's the first step is to think of those three things. Maybe it's your faith. Maybe it's like love of outdoors. Maybe it's reading, you know, opera. It could be like anything, um, sports. So I would pick the three things and then I would come up with a yearly way to implement that tradition. It could be something you could do really daily, weekly, or yearly, but I think yearly is something we can hang our hook on that's like an attainable, we can implement that. And I would just write those down. And then like you said, tell your kids, just say like, you know what guys, I mean, if they're older kids, just say, I've been thinking and um, I really want to start some new things. And what's so surprising is when we started this, it's like you think in your head, it's this big deal to make a change, but kids actually are like super excited and get used to it after 30 seconds. <laughs> so I would just, you know, talk to them <laughs> and yeah. say, we're going to do some things differently. And they'll be like, awesome. And then I would, you know, write it out um, and just say, here's some things over this 2019 or whatever. Um, here's some things we're going to do. And one really simple tradition real quick that I could say that I just love is um, a friend of mine told him about how they do a family day every um like once a year so like my last name is smart we would call it smart family day and it's just one day you know um we pick a time that there's like good weather outside that this is just all about your family and so you do something kind of new and fun that you've never done have special foods it's just your family for the day nobody else and um we even do like a little award ceremony at the end like give the kids like you know best at learning to play piano this year or whatever <laughs> um <laughs> but that's one that is just like, I feel like a win. It's just an easy win um, that just values like this is we're a family and we matter and we love each other. And so anyway, I would just pick like three things oh, and really that. hold yourself accountable, you and your husband to like, we're going to do these three things in the year. And then once you kind of get some confidence up, you might add some more and you know, my book does have, I, I thought of tw 200 plus ideas that are in the back. Okay. So if you need some ideas, <laughs> that was no easy feat. <laughs> yeah. And I think I love that because you, you just make it so easy. And I think it's a fun read. It's an easy read, but it's also a meaningful read. Like, you know well, what I mean? Thanks. There's always something um, I can take I away. So. Yeah. And just like the Easter cards. So like I will post on, I will post on Facebook. Our okay. Easter cards I'm going to be watching make for that. So. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, Jessica, thank you so much for being here and for just sharing and just for your heart for families and just encouraging them to make memories. Um, if people want to find more information about you, where can they go to find you? So I'm on Instagram at jessica.smart. Smart has two T's. And um, then my book, you, you can find information about my book on memorymakingmom.com. All right. Well, thank you so much. It was so great to talk to you. And um, I just know that moms will be encouraged. Well, thank you. It's been so fun being here. Thank you, friends, for tuning in to Walk It Out. And I know that you are blessed with Jessica as much as I was. I love just how her heart is to make memories with our family, to have that time together, and to really um, just pass on how we love God, how we live life. And it really makes a difference in our lives. Now, today's Walk It Out verse 
is Ruth 1.16. And when I was thinking about the verse and what I wanted to share, I thought about relationships. And I love the relationship between Ruth and Naomi in the Bible. And you know that there must have been some memory-making moments between Naomi and her daughter-in-law that Ruth was able to walk away from her people and wanted to be with Naomi and be with her God. And I, I cannot wait to get the... um to get to heaven and talk with them and think about their relationship. But this is this verse. And Ruth is saying to Naomi, where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. And I really think that is so important when we share our lives, when we make memories, when we share our faith, that's what we want our kids for them to say, your God will be my God. And I think That is so important. So let me pray for us. Lord, I thank you so much for my friends out there. And I thank you that you are helping us to make memories with our families so we will have these relationships with each other, but also, Lord, that we will be able to pass on our faith to our kids. And that is so important to me. And I know having adult kids now that um, those memories and those times that we spend with them around the dinner table, praying together, reading books together, really make a huge impact even as they're adults and they build that relationship. So I just pray for all those out there listening that they will just turn to their family, turn to their friends, make memories, and then also pass on your goodness to those that they love. I thank you for my friends out there. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, friend, thank you so much for tuning in to Walk It Out. I always love chatting with you. Um, I feel like it's a conversation even though you're listening. But if you ever want to chat back at me, you could always reach me at hello at trishagoyer.com. And again, this podcast is sponsored by David C. Cook. I'm so thankful for my publisher and all that they're doing. And I just know that um, you will be blessed as you check out their books. So make sure you do that. As always, um, share this podcast with a friend. And if you have a few minutes, just post a review on iTunes. It just helps more people find my podcast. Also, be sure to check out some of my new books. Um, Of course, Calming Angry Kids came out last fall, and I've just loved getting feedback about that. But also, one of my other new books, which would be perfect for Easter, is Praying Through the Bible in One Year. And it's a scripture reading plan and guided journal. And I have made it a goal to read through the Bible. That's one way um, I make memories as I spend time with God. But I just recorded this reading plan and guided journal. So every day, um, Monday through Friday, there's a scripture verse for you to read. But there's also um, about four or five chapters of the Bible for you to read. And then a place for you to leave your prayer. And I just encourage you to check it out again. It is Praying Through the Bible in One Year. And you can find it at Amazon.com. Thanks again, friend. I hope that you will be blessed. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.